What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to a very special edition here on the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If it's not your first time listening, welcome back. And today we are going to be doing a mock draft with the one and only Dolphins United. Dolphins United, welcome back on the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Doing, doing well. Excited to get into this mock draft. I'm excited to see. Uh, I know you came out with some mock drafts. You've done some live streams and stuff like that. I've tried to stay away from it because I want my reactions or our conversation on these picks to be uh, authentic. So I have no idea, you know, your tendencies, who you're wanting, uh, you know, with, with the first pick, I don't even know who you'd want. So this will be interesting. However, before we get into that, uh, I wasn't anticipating this much dolphin news happening today. Uh, and it's nothing groundbreaking. Um, but we, you know, apparently an article came out, uh, rumor has it, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport who first had it. Dolphins are interested uh, and they are receiving calls um, with that six pick that they have. And I- I'm curious to get your take on it. I wanted to let you know what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it as always. But here's what I'm thinking. We know as Dolphin fans for the last two years, nothing that Chris Greer and Brian Flores do goes out there accidentally. If it is being released to the public, it is on purpose. I mean, we heard nothing about them trading with San Francisco and then Philadelphia until it actually happened. So what this tells me is they have a guy or two at six that they're wanting, whether it's, you know, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell, Devontae Smith, whoever it may be, they have a guy or two that they are wanting at six. However, as always, flexibility is the name of the game with Chris Greer. I believe they are trying to release out there, get it out there that they are receiving multiple calls for that six pick. God forbid, you know, let's say it's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts goes four or five. They now have a contingency plan to move out of six, possibly to nine with a team like Denver. And by releasing this, it's going to create more competition and it's going to raise that asking price for that number six pick. So I think this is 100% intentional on Chris Greer and Brian Flores. I think they're trying to get it out there that, you know, God forbid we don't get our player. We're open to business and let's see if the, we can make the you know asking price for that six pick even greater than what it already was. Your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I think that you know nothing happens by accident with them. Nothing at all happens by accident. If they put it out there, or if they and we know they this organization is not like previous organizations. They're a lot more tight lipped. So if something comes out like this. It's definitely on purpose. Um, it was for a reason. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't leaked out. They wanted it out. Um, only the things that they want out really come out and everything else, it's just smokescreen. Um, in this case, um, they let us know early, hey, we're looking to trade number three. They trade the number three. Now, if they're saying, hey, we're open to trade number six, then they've already been in talks with people to trade number six. They don't have a problem trading number six. I doubt they trade out of the top 10. But if they feel like they can get their guy at eight, nine, 10, they're going to do that. Uh, They're going to do that. And they're going to pick up those assets. And of course, by getting it out now, it allows the the, uh, bidding to start 
and it drives up the price, of course, like you mentioned, and they're able to get the most bang for their buck, which is very smart, especially a couple of weeks before where you have teams that are amoring or, or enamored by some of the players at the top of the draft that they know that they won't have a chance at, um, that they might be able to get at six, seven, or eight. They're going to try and move up to get those type of guys because they want to beat out other teams that are possibly looking at the same prospect they're looking at, especially when you could have three or four quarterbacks go in the first couple of picks, which would drive some of the best players down the board. Right. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I don't think necessarily that it, it it's a guarantee. I don't think this is they're releasing it because they are trying to move out. Um, kind of like you said, I think they, and, and kind of like I said before, I think they really just want to have a backup plan like all good teams do. I mean, you don't want to have, you know, all of your eggs in one basket. And I believe Chris Greer is looking at it along with Brian Flores as, you know, if we are going to get a pass catcher, which I believe will be their first pick, I'm curious to see, you know, what you think about that when we do the mock draft. But I think their philosophy is, look, there are three, four good pass catchers. You talk about Pitts, Waddle, Chase, and Smith. If the guy that we are in love with, our number one, is not there at six, and we feel like a, guy, a team will give us, you know, who knows, if, if the asking price is up, could it be a first round pick? Could it be a second and a third? Who knows? But if we can move back, a team takes a quarterback at six, that moves, like you said, players that we want back now. We could essentially get a guy at nine. For me, I believe it's the ninth pick. I think they're trying to trade with Denver because Brian Flores probably wants to stay in top 10, like you said. I think they're thinking about it as, I think we can get Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle at pick number nine. If need be, God forbid the guy we want is not there at six, we can get one of those players at nine and also at the same time, like we always do, acquire a haul of draft picks along the way. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. So, so along with that, last news that came out today, um, Dolphins had a, had a minor signing. Uh, DJ Fluker uh, played for the Baltimore Ravens last year. Only started about 53% of the snaps. He's played a lot at right tackle, um, especially last year, played at right tackle. He's played a lot at right guard. Um, and I said this about Isaiah Wilson when we got him. Look, I think as much as Isaiah Wilson didn't pan out, I really think that the Dolphins are trying to get quality depth and people on their roster that can do well for them maybe at a low asking price because i obviously you know isaiah wilson was only seventh uh they only exchanged sevens but i really think the dolphins still want to figure out this offensive line and you know it certainly shows here they they didn't get it figured out with isaiah wilson they go out and sign a guy like dj fluker who i'm expecting to come in compete for that right tackle right guard spot um and I know the big conversation around this, really the most important thing is what does this mean for the Dolphins as far as addressing the tackle position, maybe in the first or second round? Do you believe that this signing, again, DJ Flukers, I think it's a one-year deal. He's 30 years old. Do you think this signing will have a major impact on whether or not the Dolphins take a tackle, you know, possibly at 18, 36, or 50? I think it could play a factor with the earlier picks, uh, especially for 18 and 36, unless 
somebody slides that shouldn't have been there. Um, I think it does definitely play a factor. I think they did it more so for depth uh, and to create competition. I mean, it's, he's just, he's only the second 30-plus player that we have on our team. Uh, we just added a defensive tackle a few weeks ago that was 31. So we've only got two of those guys on the whole team. Um, he does add a little bit of leadership. Um, he's been around for a while, and he does create competition. And it allows them that flexibility to say, hey, if we see a guy at 18 we want, we can go get him because we have um, that guy there now. It was supposed to be Isaiah Wilson, but we know what happened with that. Yeah. Uh, so they have DJ Fluker there now to fill that same type of role, uh, to be there to push the guys. And he provides a little leadership being that he's a little older. And it allows him flexibility, of course, to do what they want with 18 and 36. And then, um, of course, at 50, everything is fair game. Um, if they need a tackle at 50, they can pick one up there or go another route. Right. And I think to be honest with the DJ Fluker signing, and even with the hopes of Isaiah Wilson, the goal I believe is you, if you can get someone to play solid football at right tackle, I'm not saying they need to be the best ever to do it, but if you can get someone to play solid tackle at right tackle, if you can move in Robert Hunt to right guard, which is where most people think he will thrive the most, I think that's what the Dolphins are trying to do. They're trying to say, can we get better at one position, meaning right guard with Robert Hunt, while also maintaining a similar level of play with right tackle? So for me, you know, I think it's just the same thing with Isaiah Wilson. Can we get similar play at our right tackle, but also try to improve that right guard spot by kicking Hunt inside? So... Curious to see what's going to happen with that, uh, but definitely a signing that I'm intrigued about. At you know the ramifications or the implications that's going to have uh, with this team moving forward. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we're gonna, we're going to get into what everyone uh, wants to wants to see why they're listening right now. We're going to get into our mock draft now. As I said, man, I have no idea what you like to do as far as like you know, everyone always does these mock drafts. You always, there's typically those two, three players that you always try to fit in there. I have no idea who that is for you uh, to the audience. Like we've never done a mock draft together. So this is going to be cool. Uh, we'll just, we'll take it as you, you can see my screen right now. We're using the draft networks, mock draft machine uh, for those listening. Um, and so we're just going to go, we're going to obviously be the dolphins seven rounds uh we'll have trades come through you know we'll talk about those but really just curious to see uh you know your opinion uh your thoughts on these players that fall to us so here we go start the draft off i'm assuming there might be a team that wants to trade there it is the call sound um okay so carolina uh is offering a third round pick to move up two spots uh you have the broncos offering a second round pick to move up three spots. Uh, what I like to do is I like to counter offer this, not necessarily wanting to counter offer, but let's see who's on the board for us here. Um, as far as positions of concern being wide receiver, uh, tight end with Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is available. Uh, Jalen Waddle is available. Devonte Smith is available. Uh, curious on your thoughts here, I guess is the first time I'm going to find out what you like to do. Would you, if you were the Dolphins in this situation, take a guy like Kyle Pitts, or are you trading back to nine and getting an extra second round pick this year? 
Yeah, I'll be honest with you. If Kyle Pitts is there at six, that's who I'm taking. I'm not I'm not trading back and risking it. I just believe he is a can't-miss prospect. Um, he's not my favorite prospect. My favorite prospect is Devontae Smith, honestly. Yes. But that that's my favorite prospect. But Kyle Pitts is a can't-miss prospect. Devontae Smith, because of the size and uh, dealing with the NFL, could be a little different. Um, so his ceiling is not, uh, or I would say his floor is not as um, low or as high, sorry, as Kyle Pitts is. Um, his ceiling is, but his floor isn't. Kyle Pitts is a safer pick. Gusecki's on his final contract or on his on the last year of his contract. I move on with Kyle Pitts. Right. And, and I think, you know, the thing is, like we talked about, you know, we addressed it you know, at the top of the podcast. Um, I think there is a guy that the Dolphins are targeting a six. You know, I don't know who that is. Obviously, none of us know. We, I wish we were a fly on the wall listening on these meetings with Chris Greer. But I believe if the right guy is there for them, a six, which I mean, it's hard for me to believe that they not not to say they don't want Devontae Smith, but it's hard for me to believe that the contingency plan is, God forbid, Devontae Smith isn't there. I think it's like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, maybe like, God forbid, one of those guys isn't there for us at six, we'll trade back. Uh, But uh, I agree with you. I think that Kyle Pitts is probably the guy they want. And in this scenario, if he falls to the Dolphins at six, you know, I understand, look, we have Mike Kosicki. We saw firsthand with the Patriots what a two, what two athletic good tight ends could do for a team, could do for a quarterback, uh, and most, most importantly can do for an opposing defense having to go against it. You get Kyle Pitts, you're adding a guy, like you said, the most solid draft pick uh, probably in this whole entire draft class, uh, maybe aside from Penny Sewell, I would say you're getting a guy that's going to come in, uh, give you reps at wide receiver, tight end with Mike Kosicki, and most importantly, something that I'm sure you know you're, you've also said is, God forbid you don't want to sign Mike Kosicki to a $12 million deal next year. You now have Kyle Pitts to replace him, and you're also improving at that position. So I think we both agree right here at six. Uh, if Kyle Pitts is here, I would take him. Um, if he wasn't here, I've said this also, and I'm curious, I guess you agree because you love Devontae Smith as well. For me, it's between Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith. Um, I, I'm not a huge Jamar Chase fan as far as a fit with the Dolphins. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver, but I, I don't know. Like To me, if it's between Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, I'm going to take the guy who's nearly just as good as him, if not better, and also has three-year chemistry with our quarterback. So, um, you know, for me, I think Kyle Pitts has the higher ceiling. So in this scenario, you, you, Kyle Pitts? Yep. Uh, okay. I'm in full agreement here. Okay. So we're going Kyle Pitts at pick six. Uh, next up at pick 18, I'm curious to see if a team's wanting to trade. So we got the Cleveland Browns wanting to trade up. Uh, they're offering, obviously, their first-round pick, which is 26 and a fourth. Uh, the Bears want us to move back two spots for a six. Um, and the Ravens, I'm not usually a fan of trading interconference, especially if, you know, there's a guy on the board I like. So let's take a look at who's available. Um, there's a bunch of guys here I love. If it were me right now, I know people are going to say Najee Harrison. I'm completely fine if that's the case. I love 
with a capital L O V E and maybe a couple extra E's. I love Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and Zaven Collins. Zaven at 18 maybe is a little high, but I just think Jeremiah Wusukoromoa has Brian Flores written all over him. The ability to play multiple positions, his just freak athleticism, uh, a guy who still has a lot of room to grow, but is already such an impactful player. I, I love Jeremiah Wusukoromo here at 18. Got you. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. Um, I have seen a little bit of his film. Um, I know a little more about um, Zavin, which he's a beast. <laughs> that, that guy is an absolute beast. Uh, prototypical linebacker. Would love to have him on the team. He would be able to fill um, the role that uh, Kyle Van Oy had for us. Um, so yes. I would definitely love to have him on the team. My favorite pick. Um, I'm kind of like everybody else when it comes to that is I want that beast at running back Najee Harris uh, 6-2 reminds me a little bit of Derrick Henry probably a little slower than Derrick Henry um, is but the man can catch out of the backfield does not have any weaknesses in his game he can block for the quarterback pick up the blitz he has hands you can split him out wide and he can carry the ball 20-25 times with ease that's the guy I would like to go with if we went running back. Um, but I am definitely fine with linebacker because that is a big need for us. Uh, would not mind edge, but um, the only edge that I would really consider at that point would be um, Kitty Pay. Okay. Or Quitty Pay. Yeah, here's my thing on edge, you know, kind of addressing that. And then we'll, we'll you know, decide here. I, first of all, I agree with you 100% on everything. Like Najee... Here's the thing. I, I it's but me deciding between like what would like make me jump out of my seat on draft day. Like if we, I just want you to think about this for a second in audience. Like imagine leaving Thursday next Thursday night with Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris on your team. Like just take a moment to really realize that. I understand. Look, Najee's a running back, and I'm the first person who believes more in a running game than a, a premier running back. But like, if you can get a guy that you know is going to come in and succeed, is literally like brothers with Tua. We're finding out. Uh, I mean, if you compare that with Kyle Pitts, and on top of it, you're getting a guy for five years on his rookie contract at running back. Um, for, uh, first of all, I just want to say I agree with you. I, I didn't give Najee Harris enough credit. You know, I kind of just dismissed him. But uh, do you think? Because Zaven Collins, I think we both agreed. Obviously, you talked about Jeremiah Wusukormoa. Um, definitely look at him. He's a guy that uh, he can play safety. He's played nickel before. He plays linebacker. Uh, freak of nature, honestly. He's just more raw than like a Micah Parsons. But Zaven Collins, I mean, he's right here on our board, ranked 23. Would you consider maybe trading back, getting some picks? Because I think he would still be there if we traded back you know, even if we just tried to trade back with the Bears for like a sixth or a fifth, like why not try trade back one or two spots and still get the same guy? Yeah, I mean, I'd be cool with that, especially with the Bears, because in a lot of mock drafts that I've done, I've seen them take Najee. So I'm pretty sure if he's there, that would be an option for them. So for them to trade up a couple spots to get Najee would make sense. 
And right. then for us to be able to get our guy that we want at 20 would, right. would definitely make sense to move back. And so uh, like, what I like to do on this is I, I just like to push buttons and I like to see how far I can get before it's like they, they don't want it. I asked for a fifth and a sixth. Um, I'm trying to see which sixth I can get before they say, no, I could do multiple. But for me, if I can get, they have three sixth round picks, actually four. If I can get a fifth and a sixth on a desperate team trying to move up, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take it and just hope and pray that Zayvon Collins is there. And if he is, you know, we can have that discussion between him and Najee then. Yeah, and, and that's a great trade because we need a fifth and a sixth, which we don't have. We do. We do. So, oh, man. Um, man, the, the Browns are desperate to move up. For me, I, I get turned off by this two. I don't want to give up that two, so I'm going to decline. Also, the Browns are going to be competition because they are an up-and-coming team. I don't want to do that trade. For me, look, we, we moved back two spots. The the Brayers took Mac Jones. Man, oh, wow, crazy. Uh, so at 20, look, we still got Zayvon Collins and Jeremiah Cormoa and Najee Harris there. I know this is going to upset a lot of people, maybe not taking Najee. But I talk about it a lot on my podcast, uh, and I'm, you might feel the same way. I just want a, a, a linebacker on this team. Like, I want a guy that defenses are like crap. Like, when they have to go against him, I just want that linebacker that's smart, that's instinctive, that you fear. And, you know, Zayvon Collins, the sky's the limit for him under Brian Flores. So, you good with Collins here? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And right. plus, at running back, We've got other options. We do. And, and I think people forget while Miles Gaskin isn't amazing because he's he's not, there were a lot of times where you saw like, okay, if he was on like the Colts offensive line, if he was running behind that, it's different. So I do want a solid running back. Like I want a Najee and I plan on seeing if Javante's there 36 coming up. But we also have to understand like it's Miles Gaskin isn't this, you know, guy who sucked last year. There was a time when he was like the top 10 most productive offensive player in the NFL. He averaged 97 yards from scrimmage last year, which is you compare that to Najee Harris in college. It's only like five yards a game behind that. Uh, so I, you know, I'm just, I love Zayvon Collins and Jeremiah Wusukormo here. So we take Zayvon Collins at pick 20. Uh, not interested in trading up. There's not a player that I'm like, I want to waste all that draft capital on Tennessee asked for us to trade up, man. The Steelers asked for us to trade up. I'm not interested in any of that. The Jaguars, man, I'm sorry. We are getting tons of phone calls about these picks. Um, yeah, for me, I'm not interested in trading back up into the first round. Uh, just cause if you do such a good job at accumulating all these picks, I would understand maybe if we do trade back, you know, like we talked about, if the Dolphins trade back six to nine, get an additional second this year and maybe a second next year. Yeah, then we can talk about moving up. But, um, you know, I think the Dolphins are in a good spot right now with all their picks where you don't really have to move up. Uh, so I I'm going to just stay where I am. Let's see who we have here at 36. Oh, oh yeah. He's right oh, yeah. there. Uh, Javante Williams is there. He's the top rated player on the board at 36. 
Uh, I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Javante Williams? I seem to be higher on him than a lot of people. To me, he's a close, like, I, I think he's a very, very, very good running back in this draft. Like if he were to come out last year, I think he would have been considered one of the best, if not the best in that class last year. Uh, for me, like if he's there at 36, a guy that you saw at North Carolina could run between the tackles, a guy who could pound the football is going to punish you. If you tried to tackle him, I think he has Brian Flores written all over him. Uh, so for me, uh, Javante Williams makes so much sense here. I, I definitely agree. Um, I watched this man destroy my hurricanes last year, <laughs> um, completely destroyed my hurricanes. He and his, his co-running back um, as well. I just forget his name. He was just on there. Uh, but both of them, both of those running backs are beast running backs. Um, you couldn't go wrong with either one, Najee or Javante. I love Javante. I think he's a one, I mean, one B. If Najee is one A, right. he's one B. It is that close. It really is. He has no um, warts in his game. He's a little bit undersized, uh, but he's a he's a he big back. Play, he doesn't play undersized though. Right, I mean, he does not. He absolutely does not. He's 5'10. Kind of reminds you of a Ricky Williams build. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Williams was about 5'11, 225, 230. Um, so he's that type of running back and he runs well and he has great lamps. Um, great vision. I mean, you look at his height and weight. The dude is 5'10, 220. I compare that to Najee Harris because Najee Harris, we all consider like dude is a, a rock. Najee Harris is 6'2, 230. So, right. you know, he's four inches shorter than Najee Harris and he only weighs 10 pounds less. Like he doesn't play small at all. Uh, and I think running back to, I, I understand height is this thing like with quarterbacks, but for me, it's when I turn on the film, like, do you look like you're 5'10 or do you look like you're just running people over? Exactly. Javante Williams for me is the latter. So I think we had a guy here in Javante Williams who going to be an impact starter and maybe he wears number 34 like Jordan Howard did and we'll have Williams back in 34. Right. There we go. So Javante Williams, we take a pick 36. Um, the great draft so far. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, we have a trade. Uh, the Eagles want to trade up. Uh, they're offering us a third. I'm out on that because there's nothing in this round. Uh, let's see. The Chiefs, I'm not doing business with the Chiefs. They're too good. Um, and then let's see, seven spots for a sixth. We already got a sixth, so I'm going to pass on these. For me, this position right here, uh, I'm trying to see if there's any interior offensive line like a center. There's a Quinn Miners or Mainers, yeah, I believe. That's, that's my out. guy right there. That, that is a guy right there that I would absolutely love. For me, it's between him and Amari Rogers. However, if you can get a, a wide receiver like Dwayne Eskridge or Amon Ross St. Brown possibly there uh, in, you know, when you pick at 80, I'll take my chance personally with a wide receiver at 80 um, and get the interior offensive lineman that I want because we haven't addressed offensive line. Uh, we've addressed right. linebacker tight end running back. Um, I think we had a guy in minors or mainers that if need be can sit behind um, David Skura uh, and, you know, for a year, or maybe he can only sit behind him for a couple games, or maybe he has competition and beats him out week one. 
uh, but I would love Quinn Miners uh, right here at 50. Some people would say it's too high. I say take the no, guy you like. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I say I say no, it's not. So right. Uh, right here, right here, you good with Quinn Miners? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I believe he's a sleeper pick. He's not getting talked about enough. Um, he did a great job at the Senior Bowl. I know he's uh, one of those guys that wasn't really talked about. He's from a smaller school, but hey, the man's a beast. Right. The man's a beast. So we've seen him manhandle guys in the Senior Bowl, and I think he'll just do well in the NFL. Right. I'm looking at size. He fits the Dolphins profile because we like big offensive linemen. 6'3", 320. I mean, <laughs> my God, he is he is a monster. So here we go. Quinn Miners. Some people may already be upset because we have yet to address uh, address edge or wide receiver. Uh, I guess in the meantime, while we're waiting for our pick, I'm going to decline these because I I'm not really interested in trades right now. Um, but here, let me pause this real quick. If we can. Uh, where was I going with it? Um, man, I'm a brain fart because of all these picks that are happening. Oh, for edge. Uh, my philosophy on edge is in the Brian Flores scheme, which is really the Bel- Bill Belichick scheme. You never saw elite edge rushers on the team as far as you never saw the Aaron Donalds, the Cleo Max, the Von Millers on the Patriots it was more so you had good players, good scheme, then they'd go elsewhere and they wouldn't succeed. And I think that you look at someone like Andrew Van Ginkle, he fits the mold of what I view as an edge rusher in the Brian Flores scheme. You're paying money to one premier position usually on defense. And it's either you put a lot of money into your edge or a lot of money into your cornerbacks. For the Dolphins, that's the cornerback. So I don't think you're going to see the Dolphins address edge like it's a premier position because when I watch their defense, the edge isn't a premier position in his scheme. Like Andrew Van Ginkle last year was overall run game, pass game, the most consistent pass rusher we had, even over Ogba, who had a fantastic season. Like just consistently across the board, he had the best season. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for a defensive minded head coach and Brian Flores to find a guy in the fourth, fifth round that he feels like he can coach up and in his scheme can make an impact. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, the only guy that we really seen that was an absolute beast at edge rusher for this scheme was Chandler Jones. And look what they did with him. Um, as soon as they got the chance, they shipped him up out of there. There's just not much value there. Of right. those type of guys, they don't want to pay those guys a lot of money because they can scheme up pressure. Um, right. That's just the way they feel. So uh, yeah, and that's just uh, and and I'm not saying they're not going to get edge. I think they will. They love competition, but you know the thought that they're just going to get first round. You know, maybe we're wrong. Watch us, 18. They go Jalen Phillips or something. But right. I just don't feel like that's you know a position that Brian Flores is going to covet as a first round pick. Like. He comes from a system in New England where the two most important positions are offensive line and cornerbacks. That's the position that Bill Belichick always puts money into, and it worked out pretty well for them. So I don't, I don't see them addressing edge until, you know, maybe if someone falls to them or third round, fourth round, some guy in there that they can coach up because of the scheme. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to decline the trade. I apologize for all these trades. I wish there was a way to mute them. 
but I'm, I'm I'm just not really feeling any trades. Oh man, I wish. Is there a way I can? Let's see. Hold on. Okay, so here we are at pick eighty-one. Uh, 49ers want us to trade back 40 spots for a fifth. No, not doing it. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm thinking wide receiver here. Uh, we haven't really addressed it. Uh, possibly wide receiver or edge. I'm trying to see. Is there any other, other position you want me to like go to? Like maybe you want me to check out certain positions. Um, for me, it's probably like wide receiver or edge here. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking more so wide receiver um, than edge, but but definitely, yeah, we're looking at Amon, I believe his name is. Uh, yeah, Amon Ross. He, yeah, he that's, looks like that's pretty much about it. Yeah, uh, he, like, when I saw him, like, when I watch him play, he honestly, and I don't know if maybe this comp is out there, but um, like when I watched him play, he kind of reminds me of Jarvis Landry where like he just is like mean. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I think we need weapons, but I'm not necessarily of the mindset that like, I, I don't know how these guys are going to develop. Again, we have yet to see Will Fuller on this offense. Devontae Parker, maybe with a shared role with him and Preston Williams is healthier. Lynn Bowden looked good last year. He had promise. But I think that if you can get a pass catcher in pits, you know, that's you, you didn't say the weapon needs to be a wide receiver, it just needs to be someone that can put fear into the defense. Uh, so we already addressed that. I think if you can add someone like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he goes in there, competes uh, to have a starting spot. Uh, probably, I mean, he could honestly play in slot, but I could see him playing outside. Uh, so he's a guy that I'd be interested in here. Uh, and then, you know, edge, there's no real guys again, maybe Patrick Jones, but that's a reach here. So for me, I'm probably going to look at wide receivers. And again, best player available is him. He's the best player available. So for me, I'm probably, I'm probably thinking, uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I've heard some good things about Chaz Surratt, but we already, got linebacker figured out. So right. it would be no point of taking him at this point. And I highly doubt Michael Carter's here. He is on this board, um, but Michael Carter is a guy that I think is going to go a lot higher than people in the, you know, in media think. I think uh, scouts are probably a lot higher on him than we are. Uh, I don't think he's the best running back in the class. I don't think he's like a top two or top three, but he's a guy that I think, you know, could go late second. Uh, so I, I find it hard to believe that he's here at 81. Yeah, I agree with you, especially after that uh, pro day. Yeah, so so I don't, you know, I I, I don't see him there. But I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm happy adding him. Uh, similar to a Jarvis Landry. Like Jarvis Landry is one of those guys where when we added him, I was one of those people who was like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, curious to see how he's going to work out. And then you just watched him play and you were like, oh, okay. Makes sense now. Like, I think that's kind of like Amon Ross St. Brown, where he's not really a need, like he's not going to come in and be a Devontae Smith right away, but I feel like he has the competitiveness and the toughness to earn a starting role. Yeah, if he can give us any type of yak that Jarvis was giving us, I'll be happy. So here we go. We go Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Okay. We have a long we have a long ways in between picks here. Yeah. Like we got this is honestly a spot where I feel like maybe Chris Greer might target. You know, he might look for future picks early on, but he might try to find if he's gonna trade back with a team, he might try to find somewhere in this fourth round because you're gonna find talent here. I mean, Patrick Jones might be gone by our pick. Yeah, he is. Like guys like that, if you can get them in the fourth round, I think they're fantastic additions. Um, so we have yet to address edge. I feel like this is a good place to add it. Um, a guy that I saw at the senior bowl. I don't know if you're, you know, who you're thinking here. I watched Ellerson Smith at the senior bowl. Um, and I was like, Oh, like he looks like he would come in and just out of nowhere, be like Andrew Van Ginkle and just make an impact. So trying to see who else is here. Uh, wide receiver. I don't think we'll add more than one or two. You know, we already got Kyle Pitts. I consider that partly wide receiver. Right. We added a lot of offense, running back, wide receiver, tight end, interior offensive line. I think we try to go edge here, especially because it's best player available. Um, Rashad Weaver, I know, is higher on some people boards than 147, but uh, a guy that I really like, Ellerson Smith. Um, I mean, he fits the 3 4 scheme that we run. Uh, has good size, good strength, good speed, just not a hundred percent finished yet. Not a finished product yet, but that's what you have Brian Flores for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. All right. Uh, when it came to edge guys, uh, when, when, once you get to these guys, it's just whoever you like a little better uh, because they're all pretty close. Of course, somebody's going to end up, you know, being a, a pro bowl guy out of this bunch. Uh, so we just hope we take the right one, but nothing really jumps off at you with these guys. Uh, one of the guys that I really think um, I would like to take, he would be a little later, probably at the beginning of the seventh or later in the seventh would be Tehran or something like that, Jackson. Uh, but he's a little later a pick. Uh, he just has a lot of, yeah, he has a lot of production, a lot of production in college. Uh, so that would be a guy I'd be looking to get later right and, and and who knows they might get a lot of like rotational guys uh you know in this fifth sixth seventh round because they already have a good defense so they might just try to get rotational guys to just hopefully make an impact and you know take the load off some of these veterans um but here you know if you're good with it again i i love ellerson smith uh, out of northern iowa i watched him at the senior bowl the dolphins got to practice with him so they know him um, I don't think any of these other guys did. So for me, if, if Ellerson Smith is here, I think he's a great addition. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, here we go. So Ellerson Smith here at 153. Okay, so now we got to um, – I'm going to decline it. We got to pick here at 164, where it's a really interesting spot to be at because it's really close to where we just were with Ellerson Smith. We obviously went edge. I'm going to say position here. Now I'm curious at what you think, because I did uh, my safety rankings recently. Okay. And I talked about safeties that I liked. There's a guy here called Damar Hamlin and I don't hear his name a lot. I don't know if maybe a lot of people don't know about him. His scheme fit is a zone scheme fit. However, I remember watching the senior bowl and the commentators were talking about him during practice 
And they said how his coach said he is one of the smartest, most competitive, hardworking people that he has ever coached. And I'm not sure exactly who the coach at Pittsburgh is. I just know that he has a lot of experience. He has been coaching for a long time. And so for me, I think Brian Flores, if he can coach the guy already, because he already coached Damar Hamlin, if he can get a guy like Damar Hamlin on his team, who is smart, instinctive, and can learn under a Bobby McCain for one more year. I mean, I love smarts at the safety position. To me, it's the most important asset that you can have as a safety. Going back to the Troy Palomalu's, you know, back like 10 years ago. Uh, if you can get a guy who's instinctive at the safety position, um, I think that's a position that our team can get better at. Uh, not saying anything bad about Bobby McCain, just... You know, I, I like Demar Hamlin here as a developmental guy. Uh, curious to see what other positions you'd be interested in. Yeah, that's one. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Tariq Thompson, um, safety as well. Okay. Um, I haven't heard too much about um, Demar. Right. Honestly, I'm speaking. I haven't heard too much about him, uh, but I definitely have heard about um, Tariq and that he's got some talent and that he might be a good guy for us to pick up because we could move him around a little bit. Uh, would be happy with DeMar as well. We, I'll say this, we do have uh, positive things going for us when it comes to picking up safeties in the fifth round. Uh, so we could hope that we could strike gold again uh, like we did with Jones. Um, so, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind that at all. And, and, and reading, you know, on Tariq Thompson, you know, another, another player that, you know, a big thing about him is his versatility and his instincts um, can play in the nickel. You know, I think that you're onto something right here and, and I'd be fine with Tariq Thompson here being a guy that, you know, can play the nickel if need be, if injuries happen, but can also develop behind someone like Bobby McCain, who has the same exact skill set, can play exactly. nickel corner, played safety. So I'm, I'm liking what you're thinking right there. Let's take Tariq Thompson right here. Pick 198. Okay, and hopefully no more trades happen, man, because I wish there was a way on the draft network to, to like, mute those because whenever I do these mock drafts on here, it, it upsets me because, like, I, I feel bad for the listeners always having to hear the phone call. But maybe we don't get too many uh, coming up because we are in the sixth round. So, you know. So, okay, uh, positions here. I think really uh, throughout the whole draft, you always take best player available. But uh, I think the Dolphins here, I mean, again, they have wide receiver has so much depth. I mean, I understand that we don't have a, a lot of Tyreek Hills on our team, but like, I think that if you're wanting to get a lot of depth in the wide receiver room, you're going to have to cut a lot of people. Um, and it might be a wasted draft pick. For me, I would not be opposed to going and this is going to sound crazy, but maybe edge again or cornerback or maybe an offensive lineman. Uh, one of those positions where you can get rotation, uh, I, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility here. Yeah, uh, especially with edge because uh, you can never have enough good pass rushers. Right. For I'm, sure. I'm trying to see edge. I mean, you talked about uh, Taron Jackson. Um, I mean, he's 246. Uh, at least that's where he's ranked. 
We pick at right. 231. I think that would probably be better. Be uh, he should be there. Um, trying to see, you know, players that best player on the board right now is uh, Diamador Lenore. Uh, I apologize if I said that wrong. He's a cornerback. Uh, we just got a safety in Tariq Thompson that can play nickel. Uh, man, Demetric Felton here. I don't – will he be here? I highly doubt Demetric Felton is here in the sixth round. He's a guy that watching him at the Senior Bowl can play slot, can play running back. Um, again, it would be hard for him to fit in as a wide receiver because we do have so much depth. Uh, but I could see him making an impact, you know, in the running game. Man, it's just Jalen Darden's another guy right here that can do special teams. He can be a kick returner, so maybe getting rid of Jakeem Grant, that would be an interesting choice. That would. Uh, yeah, for me, it's probably, you know, if I'm going to have to pick, it's probably going to be Jalen Darden right here uh, just because of his impact he could have on special teams and the ability to, you know, officially get rid of that Jakeem Grant role because you have Will Fuller who can do what he does on offense better. And then now you have a guy who can come in and hopefully give you that speed and explosiveness uh, in the punt and kick returns. So Jalen Darden is who we go with at 204. And then I'm not sure. I think we might have, we have a lot from trading back. How many picks have we had? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're already at eight picks. So we still have this one right here, 231. Let's go to edge. See if your guy is there and he is Taron Jackson. Uh, let's go him right here, getting some rotation again in there for that edge position. Uh, so now we really have two competent backups for edge. We have a guy behind Emmanuel Ogba and we can have a guy behind uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, both at the edge position, both guys that can come in and make an impact. So we go Taron Jackson right here at pick 231. And I believe... I thought we had one more pick. I felt like we had one more pick, but on here on the draft network, it doesn't say that we have it, but I'm pretty sure we have pick 255. 258. 258. Okay. Yeah. So for some reason, for some reason on here, it's not on it. I don't know why, but let's, let's just go over it real quick and and go over our mock draft uh, before we head out of here. So first round, you're leaving round one. With Kyle Pitts and Zayvon Collins, you get a guy in Kyle Pitts, instant day one starter, puts fear in the defense. Uh, and then you got a guy in Zayvon Collins who has the Dolphins written all over him. Um, those are two phenomenal picks. I was really happy with our first three rounds. Like picks six through 81, man. I mean, you talk about starting the season with a center in Mainers, you got a slot wide receiver in St. Brown. You got a running back with Williams and Kyle Pitts. And then you pair that with getting a, a guy in Zayvon Collins who could end up being the best linebacker in this class, given the right coaching, which we have. Uh, man, I'm really, I'm really happy with the, with the first three rounds. Like those first two days of the draft, if we come away with something like that, I would be through the roof, honestly. You're not the only one. I'm rubbing my hands now looking at this draft. If we have anything like this, I we're we're headed to the Super Bowl in the next two years. I'll be honest. Right. I, I mean, and then obviously, you know, with these last four picks, we're getting some guys that obviously can come in, compete, uh, be rotational guys. But, 
you know, last thing I wanted to talk to you about, because this is probably last time, you know, we'll talk before the draft. Is there anything that you as a Dolphin fan would go into this draft saying, if we do not get player X, whoever it is, I will be very mad this draft sucks because I see a lot of that with Najee Harris. I see a lot of that with Kyle Pitts. And my thing is like, as long as we get a good player, which it's going to be hard not to get a good player at six or something like there are so many positions that the dolphins can address. Uh, For me, there's not one player where I'm like, you know, if we miss on this player, I'm going to be pissed. Like I, I I'm not that way as a fan. Uh, I wasn't even that way with Tua last year. I love Tua, but I wasn't even like, if we don't get Tua, I'm going to be like super upset, pissed at the organization. Like I trust them. So is there any player for you where you're like, maybe not, I'll be pissed if we don't get them, but you're like, God, I really, really hope we can. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. There, there's, there's one, it's not player, it's position. Uh, I really want an elite center. Um, so if we are in position to get an elite center in the second round and we don't get one, uh, I will feel some type of way about that uh, for sure because that's one position that we have to solidify uh, is getting ourselves an elite center, uh, a guy like Pouncey that we can just rely on, minus the injuries, <laughs> that we can just rely on and have solidified for years to come. So I definitely want an elite center uh, whether that's Creed Humphreys, whether that's Landon Dickerson, whether that's um, the guy that we just took here in the mock, we have to get ourselves an elite, an elite center, uh, whether that's 36 or 50. Uh, we just got to figure out a way to get that done. And then I'll be happy. Everybody else, whether it's Kyle Pitts, whether it's Waddle, whether it's Smith, um, and even Chase, I- I'm cool with. I'm not banging the table for right. one particular guy there. I'll be happy, but the center position we have to solidify. Yeah. And dude, I'm really happy you said that because I feel like with Dolphin fans, man, for some reason, like it's the opposite. Like they're like, if we address offensive line in the first two rounds, I'm going to be pissed. And I'm like, I don't understand. Maybe you're okay with having like mediocre offensive line. I don't know. Like I understand it's not a sexy position, but I, I love that you said that because I think it's so important. Like if anything, you should be upset because I said this with smart guy, um, uh, you know, I was talking with him and we were both talking about how, like, if there's one position where I'm hoping that we address it, it's offensive line. Like there's not one other position. I understand wide receiver, tight end. Look, you can find guys anywhere. As long as we get a guy that makes sense where we get him. I just really hope we don't go through the first two rounds and we're like, you know, offensive line, it's done. Like, I really hope that, they find one player in there and I'm okay. Even if that's like Tevin Jenkins at 18, like I'm okay with them taking an offensive line at a premier spot in the top two rounds, because man, like you get the offensive line, right. And everything just clicks from there. You have more time to throw to your receivers, more lanes to run through your quarterbacks, not getting hit as much. Like I'm one of those people too, like Penny Sewell, I'm curious to think what, you know, to hear what you think about that. Like if he's available at six, I know there's, there might be a Kyle Pitts or Devonte Smith. If we took Penny Sewell, yeah, it might not be the sexiest pick, but you will not hear a peep out of my mouth that like, that was a horrible pick. 
yeah, I wouldn't mind taking him. I, I'll probably feel some type of way if Kyle Pitts is there and we take him. Um, but if Kyle Pitts is already gone and we take him, I wouldn't feel too bad about that at all. Um, it solidifies the offensive line. And then um, at that point, I would say, hey, move up. <laughs> because if we get him, move back up. Do what you have to do to move back up to get one of these other wide receivers. Uh, at that point, I I would love to move up. But um, if if we took him, I would not feel bad at all. See, look, here's the thing, and I want to say this because I've been contemplating one to say it on the podcast because then if it's not correct, you get all the slander. So I've said this on the podcast. I'm not sure if you know about it. My girlfriend's dad is Zach, uh, Zach Taylor's cousin. Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals. Um, I was talking with him the other day. I've talked to him many times about it. I'm like, look, just like knowing how you guys were raised, knowing Zach, I asked him a while ago. I was like, who do you think they're going to pick? He's like, obviously, I don't know. Like, Zach would never tell any of, any of us. But at first, he was like, my inclination is to say they're going to take Penesul because in college, Zach got his, you know what, whooped. He got sacked so much. Um, their grandparents, like my girlfriend's grandparents, they were all like offensive, defensive line. They raised their kids on being able to pass the football and get protected. But recently, this is an interesting thing. I talked to her, uh, her dad yesterday. We were talking about the draft. Um, he's asking like about my mock drafts and stuff. And I tell him, I'm like, okay, so, you know, have you uh, heard anything, you know, about, you know, Bengals and what they're going to do? He's like, I haven't heard anything. Zach hasn't said anything, but I was talking to his mom and she said that it does not seem like they are going to take Penny Sewell at five. Now, I don't know. If that's true, they Zach and his mom talk a lot and they're a close family. I would be very curious to see what happens, but I, I don't know what happened in between that gap when I first asked and just now, but I asked him, I was like, if you had to guess who Zach's going to take, who would you say? He's like, I would guess Jamar Chase because yep. they have Jonah Williams. Um, or is it Jonah Williams? Who's the tackle that they have that got injured? I believe, from I believe it's Jonah Williams. Okay. I believe they right got right. him. Yeah, because Jedrick Wills is the other one. They have him and Riley Reef on the other side. He said, if it was my guess, and based off of what the feeling is in family, they're going to take Jamar Chase because they feel like they've addressed the offensive line in, in, enough in free agency to take that premier position. So, look, I'm not saying it's going to happen. If they take Penny Sewell, don't come on here and say I'm an idiot. Look, we, I don't know anything. But could it be the Dolphins wanted either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts and they're hearing now Bengals want Jamar Chase. Pitts might go to Atlanta. We want to trade out. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm very curious to see the development of that uh, and what happens there. Cause I found that out yesterday. And then today we find out that Miami is wanting to trade back possibly curious to see if it has anything to do with that. Yeah. And that, and that's great. And I, I've also been feeling like for a little bit, so you saying that brings a little confirmation to what I've been feeling. I've been feeling like they are going to take uh, chase, but they don't want that really out there like that because they want people to believe that they're going to take Panay so that chase, nobody jumps ahead of them to take chase. Right. Um, so I feel like one, it makes way uh, much more sense for them to take chase because of the borough chase connection. Plus, right now, they only have one wide receiver because – one real wide receiver because 
Um, Green just left. That fills a void. So now they have Chase and they have the guy that they already have there. And they're they're hitting the ground running. Like they're they have a solid offense. Yes, offensive line is very important. And honestly, they should think about getting Panay, but with the weapons that they'll have, if the line could just stay healthy, then Joe Burrow is going to score a lot of touchdowns. And that, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if the offensive line can stay healthy, I still think, like, if I were them, I'd take Penny Sewell in a heartbeat. But I would understand if, like, they're confident in their guys. And who knows? They might take Penny Sewell. I don't want to sit here. Again, I don't want to sit here and act like I have an inside scoop. Zach Taylor doesn't tell me anything. I have no idea. I'm just saying it's cur- it, it was just interesting because, like, a month ago when I talked to her dad about it, he was, like, hell-bent, like, I would be shocked if he took anyone but Penny Sewell. And recently when I talked to them, they just, I, I mean, they seemed like they were like, you know, they, we, they weren't getting the feeling that it was going to be offensive line. So, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to sit here and then they take Penny Sewell on draft day and everyone's like, Anthony, you're an idiot. You know, nothing like, no, no, no. I'm I, I'm not saying that I have an inside scoop on the Bengals. Just saying it's very curious because dolphins are rumored to love chase and Pitts. What if, you know, they know Pitts is going four and Jamar Chase is going five. They're curious that maybe they want to trade out instead of getting Smith there six. That's all I'm saying. So that's all, man. That's that's all I got for the podcast. I really appreciate the mock draft we did, man. Uh, and I probably won't be talking to you before the draft. I actually have a surgery coming up uh, next Tuesday before the draft. So I probably won't be doing any more podcast uh, collaborations. But, you know, just until then, uh, we'll definitely talk after the draft for sure. Get your thoughts on it. But man, we are a week away. We are a little over a week away. Very curious to see what happens. But as always, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you for having me once again. And of course, after uh, after the draft, yeah, definitely I'll come back on and then and we, 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 we got to break talk it about, down. We, we got to break yeah. it down. You know, something's going to happen. You know, something's oh, yeah. going to happen that either Dolphin fans go crazy about for a good way, for a good reason or a bad reason. Like you just know it. There's no yeah. such thing as a Dolphins move or any franchise that like the, the fan base isn't going to be torn on. I think it has to do with that six pick, but you know, who knows? There's definitely going to be stuff to talk about, but until then, man, just stay safe. Uh, and fins up. Yeah, fins up. And I'll, and I'll add this right before we go. Yeah. Don't be surprised, and this is to all the, the, um, the listeners out there, don't be surprised if there are some players that are involved in trades on draft day from our team. Yeah. Yeah, that's – yeah, that is – you know, I haven't even thought about that, to be honest. I've been so caught up in, like, who are we taking? I mean – especially at the wide receiver position yeah again i said that like if we're going to take a wide receiver we got to make room if we're going to take a Devontae smith like think about just real quick i know we we're about to log off but who cares like if you're taking Devontae smith right let's just say Devontae smith where does he play and that's a good question to ask because it's like okay you get Devontae smith but you have will fuller who is going to start do you put him in for Devontae Parker? Cause you're paying Devontae Parker. I think the guaranteed it's like 8 million. It says 12, but it's like eight. You're not right. paying Devontae Parker 8 million to be a backup behind a rookie. So that is something like, you know, uh, that's a great point. Like to keep in mind where maybe Devontae Parker doesn't get traded right away, 
but there might be, if they decide to go wide receiver, we need to understand as Dolphin fans, like Devontae Parker is a, is an alpha. He's not one of those guys that the Dolphins are going to be like, yeah, you could be this rotational backup. I don't think. So if, if they want Devontae Smith, like, like I do, like you do, we have to understand room needs to be made. Not saying it's going to happen right away. Not saying it's going to happen in a month. Could happen later. But if they get a wide receiver with that sixth pick, instead of like Kyle Pitts, just expect moves to be made. Yep. Definitely. Um, yep. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for coming All on. Right. I appreciate you. You too. Yeah. Thank you.